Uh, what's up, guys? Gotham here at the Game Six Clay Pod. Welcome back, episode four. Um, like I said, Gotham, Matt, Charlie, welcome, guys. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Could have been better after last night, but you know, happy to be here recording, sitting yep. above five hundred. Yep. Matt, yes, solid ten and nine team, guys. Feeling feeling okay. Solid ten and nine team. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's uh, let's get right into it. Um, so seventy two game season, a little shorter than normal, but. Um, 18, 19 games in, we're about a quarter way through the season. Um, Dub sitting at 10 and nine, uh, picked up that ninth loss last night against the Suns. But, um, what's your guys, um, just, uh, overall season grades. It's, uh, it's kind of just jump into it. Um, first 18, 19 games of the season. Yeah. So I would say overall, you know, when you have look at everything starting before the season, obviously clay going down really handicaps a lot of what this team can do. And as much as we all feel disappointed by that, I think you have to look at, look at it through that lens. And when you look at this team as a whole, you know, we're, like you said, we're sitting at 10 and nine, you know, above 500 team in a playoff spot as it stands. But I think we've pretty defined, pretty well defined what we are so far. And that's, we're beating the bad teams and we're losing to the good teams. So that makes us a pretty mediocre team at the moment. And I think that's fine. I, I would give it a C plus so far. I would say the one thing that's really excited me besides the play of Steph and Wiggins would be the fact that they're really willing to try some things. And it may not be all the things we like, not as many Damian Lee minutes as we want, but I like the move of putting Wiseman on the bench. I think he's shown that he's willing to learn from guys like Looney. He said in himself, you know, being able to soak up from the bench and get them, get the rhythm of the game has been really important for him. I think running Ubre and Wiggins with those bench lineups has really unlocked a lot for them. So I think the willingness to experiment has been a big positive so far this season because we knew that was needed for the Warriors team, but it's not something Steve Kerr has been super comfortable with in the past. Yeah, I think C plus is uh, pretty close. I had my B minus overall uh, with similar uh, similar ideas in mind. I mean. Going into the season after Clay went down, I think, you know, most projections had them like 14th in the West, bottom of the Western Conference. Right now they're sitting at ninth. Uh, they're literally a percentage point out of the seventh seed and a half game out of the fifth seed. So uh, the West is kind of a cluster, obviously. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some positives. Uh, they, again, they're, they're a play-in team at worst at this point, I think, which is encouraging, especially just considering where uh, – where they started the season and where they were projected to be. Um, I think we at least expect, I think, I think expecting a playoff for at this point is reasonable. Uh, Steph's looked great. Wiggins has uh, been awesome. Um, I don't know if I agree, Charlie, on that. This team feels like they know what they are. I don't think they do, man. Cause I feel, I feel like they've come out, they've beaten some, they beat the Lakers, beaten the Clippers, beaten the Spurs. Uh, you know what I mean? We lost to a, I mean, you had a good point last night with regards to the, the Suns being just a solid basketball team. Uh, but that felt like a very winnable game going into it. And it just felt like this team has uh, against the good team since those first two games, they have a mindset where they feel like they can compete with anybody, you know, and they kind of get that going sometimes, but against teams that they feel like uh, maybe a victory is imminent. They don't, they don't really, they kind of play down to the competition almost. Uh, and they, they've had a few games. Denver comes to mind. Indiana comes to mind. Uh, last night comes to mind where they just, don't really come with the energy. And I don't know if that's a, you know, just the season being what it is, no fans and whatnot being kind of a drag. I don't know if it's um, just frustration with the personnel. Uh, I don't think it's coaching staff related. I wouldn't put it there for the most part, but uh, there's a few things there. And 
uh, I think thus far their biggest acquisition of the offseason, not named James Wiseman, has been pretty close to a failure in Kelly Oubre, and that was where they put a lot of their money. That's why I was not going to give them anything above B minus. That's why I think C plus B minus is where I'd probably probably land there because of all that. Yeah, um, I, that's kind of, yeah. Oh yeah, go for it, John. Yeah, sorry, Gautam. I'm glad you clarified that too because I didn't mean to say that this team knows what it is. I think it's the exact opposite. I mean, we've seen that you know their identity is all over the place, and some nights they dictate the flow, and other nights it's completely dictated to them. And I think that's the reason why I think, you know, a positive grade is earned because the fact that they've been above water and having some quality victories while having all these struggles in terms of identity and incorporating new players into the roster, obviously losing clay is a huge gut punch. So I, I would say that this team is struggling to figure it out, but from what we've seen of them so far, they look like a mediocre team. And because of this short runway of the season, it's tough to, make projections unless they can, you know, really start to flip a switch with the players that they have. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You're saying you kind of understand they're, they're not a great team yet. And that's kind of their, their position as like the quality of their team is established, not necessarily their, their identity. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Gotham, what are your thoughts, man? Off season grade, oh. off season grade, uh, this far yeah. for you though. hundred percent. Um, you guys kind of hit it. Uh, I'm honestly a little bit more optimistic than you guys. I'd give them a high B. Um, just kind of like you said earlier, Charlie, just what they've gone through, just with Clay going down the season, um, so many new guys adding to the fold. Um, you know, Steph coming off an injury, Draymond obviously not playing too much um, last season as well. Um, to come back and, you know, we've, we've Steve Kerr said it, we've talked about it before, but like the first like 18 to 20 games was something that we were going to keep an eye on. And our, our hope was to be at that 500 level, maybe a little above, below, but that around that 500 would we thought would be really good for this team going into the season. Um, obviously, you know, during the season we've seen, we've seen, like you guys said, we've, we've lost some games we should have won. We've won some games we should have lost. Um, so I think overall, like, um, you know, we have, we have the, we have the tools to be a solid playoff team. Like you said, Matt, I think, I think at this point we can expect to make the playoffs. I think now if we don't make it, it'd be a disappointment. Um, but just off the start of the season, um, I think that there's not much more we could have expected from the guys um, that are on the court right now. Um, obviously, we've seen the adjustments we made. Wiseman getting moved to the bench. Ubre kind of coming in with that second unit. Um, so we're seeing this team kind of pick up on the fly, learn as the season kind of goes on. And each game is a different story. You know, there's that we've been winning like one or two, two in a row and then losing a couple. And, you know, kind of just uh, like you guys said, kind of hovering around that mediocre kind of team, like, defensively there's some games where we're lights out and offensively there's some games where we're doing well too so um there's a lot to left to be desired in terms of where this team can go but i think the platform that they've set up we've, we've they've set themselves up to be successful for the rest of the season um which as a new team and the team that hasn't had a lot of people that um have played on in this system and just in this kind of style of basketball i think um you really can't expect more from them right now uh, granted, um, yeah, they've, they've dropped some easy games. Um, obviously, Ubre hasn't really worked out as well as we wanted him to. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, overall, I don't know what more we could have expected, especially with the uh, expectations we had going into the season. Yeah, I like what you're saying there. I think I think keeping in mind uh, expectations coming in is going to be really important thus far. Um but I'm curious as you guys' thoughts on whether or not you, you think Kerr has kind of achieved his goal of 20 games in, 
knowing what this team is. Cause I don't really feel that they know what they are yet. Still. I don't feel like we're, we're much closer to a really solid rotation as of yet. And I don't think, uh, I don't think Kerr is either, which is okay. I'm just curious if you guys uh, feel the same way or not. I mean, I just think that this team knows that they have a lot of potential on the defensive end. Um, and I think we've seen that with guys like Ubre, Wiggins, um, Draymond, Pascal, Wiseman. Like, we've had a lot of guys step up on the defensive end. And I think that's something that Kerr has already, like he's talked about, he said, he's been saying this team has a potential to be a top five defensive team. Um, so I think that just kind of figuring out that out and playing hard on the defensive end, we've seen that help us win games this season. Um, there have been a few games that, you know, we've clamped down defensively, which has helped us um, throughout, you know, the course of the game or whatever. So I think that the, the team doesn't really have an identity. I think you guys are right. I think it's it's still kind of being molded, but a lot of that's predicated on the offense and, you know, the struggles that the offense, just, like the starting lineup's gone through. We've seen them, you know, play well, some games not. So uh, just to find that consistency will come uh, as the season goes on. But I think in terms of just an identity for the team, I think just being hard-nosed defensive players and just buying into that team defense kind of concept that the Warriors have kind of grown to play. So, um, yeah, it's it's a weird situation to be in, um, especially for us. Uh, last, you know, five, six years, we've we've always been, you know, we've known what our team is, but it's the first time we're kind of seeing a team that is kind of up and down, winning, losing, um, not with any consistency. Um, so, I think for the Warriors going forward, I think the biggest thing they got to realize is um, you got you to gotta lock in defensively and, you know, hopefully uh, the offense comes with um, – we, we've got a good enough sample size now where, you know, Oubre is not um, doing what he should be. So, um, I don't know, like figure something out on that side of the ball. But um, defensively, you know, we can't uh, – I can't get mad at anything they've been doing. They've been really clinton. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think – with Steve Kerr's expectations, I think when he was looking at this team before the season, he probably wouldn't have predicted them to be over 500. But at the same time, I think he would have thought that they would have gelled in a significant way to where the outlook would be a lot brighter than the record would indicate. And I think what's actually happened is a little bit of the converse where this team has won some games that frankly they shouldn't have, and they haven't dropped a whole lot of games. And I think that's put them in a pretty good position where they're still figuring things out, but their base talent level is enough to win them the games that they should be winning and keep them in the playoff hunt. And that's just a really important thing for this team, because when you want to talk about expectations with a team that's playing without Clay Thompson, you know, anything that happens really this season is gravy, as long as you're making the playoffs, in my opinion, you know, like it's hard to put any sort of expectations on this roster from the outside. And I know if you talk to any of the, these guys, they wouldn't expect any less out of the team, but you know, you look at developing these guys and trying to find an identity going forward for this team. And I think they're at least making some inroads on accomplishing those goals. I think the biggest thing too, is you, you're hearing the players themselves be like, you know, we're getting better each game. And that's for me, I think that's the biggest thing. Like if you have guys that are consistent, they know what's going on. They're, they're working on what's, what to fix, what, what's going wrong, what's going well. And if you're just going out there consistently getting better each game, that's all you can ask for from a developing team right now. And to be above 500 with, with that in mind, like I, we've set ourselves up for a very successful, um, you know, the rest of the season, um, we have the easiest strength of schedule. And now we, you know, I, we've also played like some gnarly teams. Um, so, uh, 
it's just um it's just honestly i think as we get closer to all-star break and uh really kind of halfway through the season is where we can really say about like talk about the identity of a team or something because right now this team's kind of in its fetus mode and it's still developing well they gotta go through puberty <laughs> and get there so um uh it's gonna be it's gonna be good to see yeah it's, that's all pretty valuable i've got them that's a that's the metaphor of the day man i don't think anybody should try to top that um no, I, I agree. I think I think I would have liked to have seen uh, you know a bit more uh, chemistry and develop at this point. But I do think you know one of the possible pitfalls of entering the season without your you know arguably second best player, not in the way Draymond's looking, probably your second best player plays back actually. But uh, without your second best player and coming in with a bunch of new parts, that's a really again you guys keep harping on that, and I keep forgetting that a little bit. That's that's definitely huge. Um, and especially again, you if you have a piece that comes in who, and again, we're gonna. I don't want to rip on Ubre too much, but again, a guy who averaged almost 19 points a game last year, uh, relatively efficiently. And if you're counting on that being a similar, uh, having similar production this year, and it's not not meeting that, and that's going to create all kinds of problems. And that's not to say that he's the sole reason for lack of chemistry, but um, just a it's a good point to recognize that there's a ton of moving parts, and uh, maybe that they've been trying out so many things kind of makes it possibly unreasonable to expect that 20 game mark to be where they have, uh, you know, those expectations met. So that's a good, good point. And with that in mind, just talking about all the moving parts within the team, uh, Matt, where would you stand on top five players on the team so far this season? Yeah. Uh, for my top five players, I, I have Steph first, believe it or not. Uh, I actually had Dre and uh, Draymond and Wiggins. What did you say, Gotham? No way. Steph's first? All right. Number one, man. It was a tough, tough call, though. Uh, I had Steph first. I had Draymond Wiggins actually tied for second, basically, at this point, um, which might get me in some trouble, but we'll see what you guys think. I actually have uh, Pascal fourth, and I have Looney fifth. Uh, my reasoning there, I think, you know, Dre's defense when he came back was it was genuinely a, a season changer when he got back. I think that you can't, you can't uh, ignore that. But the scoring ability has fallen off so much right now to where um, there's, there's starting to be some exploiting of it on the court. He's not able to attack. I mean, he's gotten to these, he's diving a little more than he normally would and actually going for a finish the last couple of games, which is encouraging. But the, the jump shots completely left him. Um, I, think, I think he still has a lot left to give, but I think he's getting a little too focused possibly on uh, forcing things to certain players. And I think you probably know why I have in mind at this point. You know, he's forcing a lot of, lots of wise men as opposed to, running the offense in a way that I think he definitely can. But on that note, his, his value defensively, um, it can't be overstated. Uh, also though, want to note he's getting now rebounded by Steph, like everybody else in the team, which is, uh, not what you want, not what you are now from your, uh, power forward. Um, I have Wiggins tied for that spot because Wiggins has been, I mean, again, we can say it, we can say it all year and I probably will say it all year. And I think we all will. The guy's been awesome. Uh, he's been awesome. He's been uh, like one of the top four or five wing defenders in the league, just league thus far, uh, percentage-wise, field goal percentage-wise. Um, he's shooting the ball from three really well. He's playing really smart basketball on the offensive end. Um, and just seeing the growth that, you know, we all hoped would come from last season uh, getting here, I think a lot of that has come. I think he had this, this play the other night that totally encapsulated it, I thought, was he had this – Really pretty sweet spin move getting into the paint the other day, or it was last night. And he uh, normally, again, it would normally just be this ugly fadeaway that would be clank off the back iron, you know. And he hit out, uh, he shot it out to a shooter. I think that they missed the shot, but it was a great play. And I think that was just a great 
you know, encapsulation of what he's become thus far. This team, he's been a very, very steady 17 to 20 point a game scorer, uh, which, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna blow the socks off anybody this year. You know, this team is, is what it is. Like Charlie, like you guys were both saying, you know, it's going to be a playoff team, but not, they're not contending most likely, but in a year where, you know, clay comes back, hopefully having a guy like Wiggins who, when Clay gets back, will even even more efficiently, ideally, be dropping 17, 18, 19, 20 points a game. Uh, that's great. You know, the shooting has been very real. I think 18 games in, uh, it's something you can kind of count on a little more than the first five, six games, and that's awesome. Um, had EP fourth. Uh, this team doesn't have scorers, man. If you look at the box score last night, it was Steph, uh, Wiggins. I think Pascal had double digits, and after that, it was four, six, four, six, two. You know, it was – no one was scoring, so EP's scoring ability uh, as an isolation play, as, as an isolation player, it can't be overstated on this team. Uh, he found a role as a backup five, and that's been uh, when this team has won games. It's been in large part because that second unit led by EP has been uh, really good. Quite frankly, you know. Um, and then last, Looney uh, again, just because this team has an utter dearth of smart basketball players. And he is one Looney's smart for everything else uh, he can or can't do. Um, it shows on the court when he's with Steph, he knows where to be after he sets a screen. He knows when to slip. He knows where to be at all times. Um, he's just, there's a certain calm to him being out there despite his lack of physical ability at this point that I think is to this squad in particular uh, invaluable. So yeah, top five, Steph, Trey Wiggins, EP Looney. Uh, you're up, man. What do you think? You're five. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go five to one just to change it up a little bit. But um, number five, I have uh, Damian Lee. Uh, I really think D uh, Lee's been uh, one of our best players. Um, you know, especially in the start of the season when we were looking for more shooters. Um, I remember we were talking about playing a lot of D Lee and Mulder. Um, but uh, you know, D Lee's been he's hit some clutch shots for us, big free throws. Um, he's just kind of been somebody that especially with that second unit when they're playing well is when, you know, Pascal's kind of running the offense or somebody's running the offense, you kind of kick it out daily and he's, he's been hitting the shots. So, I um, mean, he's been big time for us. Um, just having another shooter out there, it's, it's opened up a lot more lineup opportunities with Steph. Um, and it kind of just gives you those, that two shooter look that the Warriors have been so successful with, uh, with Splash Bros. So um, I, I'm really I'm excited to see how he's going to play the rest of the season, but to uh, start off the first 18, 19 games. I mean, Dealey, I couldn't, couldn't ask um, for him to play any better than he has. Uh, number four, I'm going to agree with you right there, Matt. I'm going to go with uh, Pascal. Um, I think Pascal has been fantastic for us. Um, I honestly put him three or four, three or four um, interchangeable with Draymond. Um, but um, you, you kind of hit it on the head, man. Just that second unit, he's really just kind of developing himself as a solid scorer. Um, his handle's looking pretty good. That mid-range jumper is looking pretty nice as well. Um, and the guy is just an absolute bully. He'll uh, just put him on the post, and he's just about to go to work on these fools. So um, it's great. To, it's great to see, especially for a second-year player, um, that just that confidence that, and a lot of the credit goes to the coaching staff, just trusting him. Um, he kind of started off the season a little tough, um, just, uh, just a little erratic play, um, but now he's been stepping it up offensively, defensively, um, and really just that anchor on the second unit. Um, and I would have no problem if somebody put him the third best player on the team. Um, for me, three, uh, Draymond, um, you kind of said it, Matt, uh, I think Draymond is just, uh, his liability on offense, just not being able to consistently shoot. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're kind of forcing a lot to Wiseman. Uh, I agree with that. Um, but just his defensive presence and instinct is just second to none. 
Um, I think it was against the Lakers um, that last possession uh, they were down or we were up to um, or whatever the score was. And uh, you, you could just, they, they had a breakdown of Draymond just telling everybody where to go, like just, just like right on the fly. And um, you know, that's some that's what something he's been doing his whole career. Um, but just to have somebody like that, especially next to guys like Wiseman and, um, you know, when Keats gets back healthy, um, just those big guys that can really learn from Draymond. And when Draymond's like being that safety for us and kind of reading everything as it happens, um, it's, it's really going to help the defense a lot, um, especially with guys like Wiggins and Oubre on the wings that can defend as well. Um, so Draymond's been great. Um, would like to see him, uh, you know, shoot a little better. But um, for me, I, I, Draymond's kind of a weird player to judge in terms of scoring wise, just because when he's hitting the shots, it's big time. But as we saw in 2016, but you know, it has been a steady decline since then, but if you can just keep shooting those open threes and just stay being a threat, um, it's got to hit them. But uh, I think that that will open up a lot more offensively as well. Uh, number two, Wiggins, uh, you know, going into the season, I think that dude had the biggest target on his back. I think the entire Warriors fan base just thought he was going to be a bust, not excited to see him play. Didn't start off hot those first two games. And, um, you know, everybody's kind of jumping on or jumping off the Wiggins bandwagon. Um, but to his credit, man, the guy showed a lot of toughness the rest of the season so far. Uh, he's hands down been our second best player. Um, just his ability to defend, score. Um, he's taking smarter shots, um, you know, and he's, he's hitting them with consistency, um, especially with that second unit. Um, we haven't seen him there with the last couple of games just because that changed. But um, he's really just been that guy for the second unit to – you know, just give him the rock and he'll go, he'll make the right decision. Um, so I think his floor general is defensively, defensive ability and just hey, what he's bringing to the table offensively. I, I think that, um, you know, if Steph Curry wasn't on the team, uh, Wiggins would definitely be the uh, the best player on the team. But I'm um, so excited to see how Wiggs can grow from here. And uh, yeah, last but not least, number one, uh, my boy Kent Bates, I'm just playing. <laughs> it was uh, Steph Curry, baby, uh, chef, uh, MVP. Um, the guy's been balling. Uh, I don't think we could have expected anything else. It's prime Steph Curry. We're getting some great games on a nightly basis. And, uh, you know, this team's going to go as far as Steph's going to take him. Um, he's our, he's our leading guy. Um, got the faith of the entire, uh, organization on his back. So, um, can't even complain about anything Steph's done. Um, you know, he's got turnovers and shit like that, but that's Steph Curry. So, um, just keep doing what you do. Hopefully a couple more 60 point games would be nice. But, um, uh, overall, I mean, Steph's really, really been that anchor for us. And, um, you can see, you can see how he's, uh, like really, I think thriving in this thing where he's like the oldest guy on the team, seen a lot and really mentoring young guys, um, and still kind of being that team first kind of guy, which sometimes I think he's a little too much team first, but I sometimes just want him to, you know, just go out there, act like a bona fide superstar. But, um, that's just the kind of guy he is. And, uh, we're good for the word 10 and nine a lot because of the Steph Curry. So best player on the team, Charlie. Yeah. I think just taking it from the top down, I think the thing you touched on with Steph, that's so important is he's always team first. And even if that doesn't reflect in his stats or, you know, the way we'd want some games to go sometimes, sometimes you want him totally going alpha mode down the stretch, but it's just not the way he's built. And I think it just plays into what this team is doing so well, because, you know, even if they force things at times, I think it's important to get all these guys involved and, you know, hero ball would be fun, but I don't think it'd be winning us a whole lot of games. And, you know, when you look at those guys that make demands, I mean, there's a reason why guys are just changing teams all the time. And that's why we got to be happy that Wardell is still in the Bay doing his thing. 
guys having, you know, a quote unquote down season still like shoe in first team, all NBA, probably going to hit. He's the, MVP you know, in my book, man. He's the MVP this year so far. Yeah. I mean, you know, if the Warriors, I think it's tough, you know, I, I think people are always enamored with records for teams, but if he's pushing, you know, 30 points a game with his classic efficiency, which he's already somehow still pulling off and he keeps these assists and rebound numbers up. I mean, it's going to be hard to make an argument against him. Uh, even, you know, even with the other great players for all these great teams, I mean, the guy is pulling them up by himself completely. And there's just not much more to say about him. Um, number two, I had Wiggins as well. I think as much as Draymond's brought to this team from a defensive standpoint, I think the two things that have been so important for Wiggins is, like you said, Gautami's taking all these expectations, these criticisms completely in stride. He's going out there. He's doing his thing. He's changing the way he plays in a significant way, not only in terms of the position he plays, but the way he plays defensively. I think he's been leaps and bounds better than we've seen him in the past. I mean, the numbers are there to back it up, but you see him on film. He's doing smart veteran plays as opposed to, you know, just flying around the court, like some of these younger athletic wings that don't know what they're doing. And the way he's played offensively being like the de facto backup point guard is something I didn't see coming at all. I mean, it's just such a crazy development to have in such a short amount of time. So I've been so impressed with him and, like you said, you know, I think when Clay comes back, if he's at 80, 90% of his health and, you know, he's getting his games out there with the Warriors, like Wiggins is going to be such an important third option to lighten his load offensively and defensively. And he's just really carved out a strong identity with this team going forward. I uh, had Draymond third. I think, you know, you can't really, you can complain about the scoring. And I think it's frustrating to see him pass out of all these open layups, but yeah, it's Draymond Green. You know, you never you never had him out there for his scoring. Um, what he's done to raise this team's floor defensively has been pretty unbelievable just by being on the floor. And even though his play hasn't been as quality as you'd like it on that end, you know, he was always so good in that free safety role. And I think part of that is the personnel they have. Maybe he just doesn't have that trust yet, but... I think, you know, it's tougher to incorporate him than it is to incorporate other players. So I think part of that factors it in as well. You know, he's not the primary option offensively. He's not the secondary. He's not the tertiary. So it's going to take him a while to figure things out with this team. And I think towards the season, we might see a better version of Draymond than we're seeing right now. So I think he's pretty comfortably third best right now, just in terms of overall performance. Uh, fourth, I had EP. I mean, for a lot of the same reasons as Wiggins, I don't think he had any of the same criticisms or anything like that, that Wiggins faced, but to go from being, you know, almost exclusively a wing last season to having to bruise down there a lot as the small ball five and to actually really thrive there and, you know, not change too much in his game from what works, but to actually make a positive impact on this team, I think it's been huge. He's a total sponge in terms of what he learns from this team. I think, you know, we'd like to see some more strides defensively, but from just what he brings to the table offensively, I mean, the guy could be a six man of the year sooner than later if he keeps this up. And we got to be excited about his development, especially if he can 
really establish himself as like that hybrid four or five player. And fifth, I had Wiseman. I think we're, you know, scared about the rebounding. You'd like to see him coming at more rebounds a game than Steph, which is still just crazy to me. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around, but just with the way he uses his strength on offense, I think he creates a lot of looks for the team. I'd like to see him get to the line a little bit more and use that body inside, but he's been a pretty dynamic scorer for a young center so far. I mean, not many guys can just walk onto the court and get buckets like he does sometimes. And even though, you know, it doesn't look as pretty as you'd like, you see him making these game over game adjustments that have really made an impact on this team. I think by the end of the year, you know, you're looking at him like being a much more comfortable starting piece on this team going forward. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Wiseman, bro. Um, I think, uh, I think that if, I think people forget that the kid's still 19 and he's literally his last games before he played in uh, the NBA were high school games um, besides like two or three college ones. So um, I think that you kind of hit it on the nail. I'm glad you brought him up. I think especially off that move to the bench, you're kind of seeing him uh, adjust a lot uh, more to situations. It looks like he's way more comfortable coming in where depending on what the team needs from him. And uh, we saw in those two Minnesota games, like he, he wasn't as afraid to shoot the ball. And when he's hitting his shots, man, uh, the dude looks incredible. And to be 19 and um, to be such a, just a, such a sponge, like you said, I, I, you said it great. Um, I think that it's, uh, it's huge. And, um, at least if not this year going forward for sure uh, it's going to be big time yeah I think it was I think yeah, it was I, included Wiseman uh, no, Charlie go ahead man finish your thoughts on the guy yeah and I, I agree with what you said especially with the, the taking the role of moving to the bench I mean how many times have we seen a guy be the number two pick be essentially handed the starting job out of the gate um, you know we, even with a lack of options there i mean he was you know a starter from day one and then to take this move in stride and not only to not complain about it but to talk about how this is a learning process for him and he actually enjoys it i think is such a huge quality i mean to know that this guy is taking every opportunity for the positive it is and not seeing all the negatives in it you know not getting too down on himself really just trying to work on his game and be better for this team. I think that is everything you want from a 19 year old. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think bringing up his character thus far is huge, man. I think, uh, it, it kind of makes you more excited about the guy aside from the, uh, the athletic ability, the fact that he's been just, uh, just so outstanding as a, as a young man, as far, you know, he, he cares a lot on the basketball court. You can tell he wants to get better. He did not take, uh, move to the bench as an insult, like you described, Charlie. Um, definitely huge. I don't think anybody's list was uh, absurd by any means. I thought uh, Gotham throwing Damian Lee there was totally appropriate, and the guy has like a plus twenty uh, net rating this year, or something like that. So that's that's pretty sweet. Um, unless you guys have anything else you want to add, I think it's a good time to take a break for our sponsors. You, yeah, let's do it. Here's a quick word from Anchor, guys. Thanks for chiming in. All right, guys, welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed that little message from our sponsor. Shout out, Anchor. Um, so, uh, guys, we've kind of discussed the team, our top five players so far um, in the season. Um, let's kind of look at the team as a whole going forward. Um, obviously, 19 games in. Um, got what, 50, 53 games left. Um, so, 
what's your guys' uh, take on how, how far can this team go? What's the, what's the ceiling for us? Um, and yeah, take it away, Matt or Charlie. Yeah, after a quarter of the season, uh, I wrote an article at the beginning of the year. I was talking about my bold predictions. One of my predictions was Warriors to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I'm going to stick with my prediction. Uh, I'm going to say this team can uh, make a deep playoff run. I don't think – I still don't think anybody in the West should uh, scare the Warriors besides the Lakers if they can dodge the Lakers up until that point in the playoffs. I think the ceiling's still there. Uh, for that, but again, it would take a couple things to go their way. Obviously, you know, I would I wouldn't uh, put my money necessarily on the Warriors in the Clippers series, but I wouldn't bet on the Clippers either because that would be uh, deceitful and dishonest. But uh, no, in all honesty, though, this team, uh, I, I think their ceiling is a relative second round or you know, crazy crazy uh, scenario, third round exit. You know, um, I I think we've seen stretches of basketball from them where they look like a really competitive team. Uh, and so I'm still sticking with a second round, second round playoff exit. Cause they've shown they can beat some good teams still on any given night. And I expect them only to get better at this point, 10 and nine right now. Um, as far as, you know, seeding goes, I think uh, I don't put them any higher than fifth at any point. I don't see them, you know, getting past uh, LA, LA, um, Utah, I think Phoenix is going to finish higher than they are in the city. They're like seventh or eighth right now. I, I think they'll be a top five team. Um, I think best, best case scenario would be fifth seed. Uh, I'd say most likely six or seven or eight. Um, I don't see them slipping below, uh, you know, the play in spots. I don't see them going nine or 10. Uh, I'd be, I'd be surprised, but um, yeah, I'd say fifth seed best case scenario, probably, and maybe a potentially a deep playoff run, depending on how things break. Um, just with some of the, the positives we've seen this year. Uh, what do you think, Charlie? Yeah, I think pretty early on when you look at how the West is shaken out, I think you have a pretty defined top tier of teams out there. I mean, I think the L.A. teams, Utah has established themselves as they're unbelievably dangerous. And Denver, you know, even though the record may not show it, they're so quality, I can't imagine them losing home court. And so I think that really caps, you know, what they can do going into the playoffs. I think what I went going into the season, I had them – the ceiling is the sixth seed. I'm sticking with that. I still think that's a realistic target considering injuries have hit, you know, Portland pretty hard. They've hit Memphis pretty hard. And those are two teams that I think we're going to be competing for those seeds as well. So that's at least a lucky break in the Warriors way. I think we've seen Houston, you know, even though they can still win a game here and there, I don't think that's the kind of roster where they can really make any kind of noise besides, you know, maybe sneaking into the play-in. So I think it's a good stroke of luck that maybe a few teams that would have been in this dogfight with the Warriors have maybe, you know, slipped up a little bit earlier because of really circumstances that were just out of their control. And I think I don't I don't see them falling out of the play in. I think it's hard for a team with this much talent. And, you know, we've seen it earlier, like even with zero identity, they're still just winning games. And I think that's a team that's still going to make the playoffs. Um as far as the playoffs go, I think looking at those first round matchups, a lot of them are tough. I think how the seeding shakes out is going to be interesting. You know, obviously you wouldn't want to be seeing the Lakers in the first round, but I think they have a fighting chance against any of the other teams. Although I think Utah would be a particularly brutal matchup this time around, uh, which would be an interesting change of pace. But, you know, I think when you have Steph and Draymond to really elevate their play in the playoffs, I think they can definitely sneak a first round win 
and make a competitive second round series, but I don't know if I'd be willing to uh, put anything on them reaching the Western conference finals. I think that would be uh that'd be a pretty tough proposition. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, uh, you guys kind of saw it as uh, ceilings, but um, I'm going to take it a little one step further. Um, I got, this is just totally if everything goes right, but just in my head, we've got the easiest schedule left. Um, we've shown that we can take care of business against teams that we should beat. Um, Grant, we've dropped a few, but um, total, total shot in the dark, but I think we could finish in fourth. That was my, that was my top thing going in. Um, I think that with the team we have right now, um, we'll see if we make any moves going forward. But I think with the team right now, especially if they start gelling and they start playing like some lower, lesser teams, um, kind of just get that confidence, kind of get, figure some stuff out offensively. I think that the team has a chance to go on a, you know, four, three, four game winning streak, kind of for every 10 games, maybe win six or seven um, going forward, especially with the easiest uh, schedule remaining. So um, that's my thing. I think a second round exit is very fair. And I think that's, that's what the talent of this team um, should be. I think that this is definitely a team that can make the Western Conference Finals, depending on how the seating shakes out. But I think a lot of that is going to depend on how we take care of business against lesser teams. We got the Pistons coming up. Um, and games like that are games we have to win, like regardless, especially just because the West is a shit show right now. So we need to take care of it. We got to really take advantage of having the easiest schedule remaining. Um, and I think that these guys, especially, uh, we've talked about it on locker room before, but, um, you know, this team knows that they can't just afford to go out and like have a stinker of a game. Um, it's too close this season. The margin of error is very small. So, um, I think these guys know that every game they have to try and go out and win, um, as stupid as that sounds, but, um, go out and win every game as uh, all the games you can. And I think that if we can secure a fourth or fifth seed, which I think is very possible, um, you know, uh, especially if we can get home court uh, for first round, but even not, if not then, um, like you said, we've got two of the most accomplished uh, playoff uh, team players. I don't know if that even sounds correct, but in Steph and Draymond, um, uh, those dudes have lost like three series, their career together. Um, so if I'm riding with anybody in that, in the playoff series, um, seven game series, um, until we lose four, we're not out of it. So, um, I'm riding with Steph and Draymond and obviously Wiggins, if he, uh, as he develops more and more, hopefully Ubre, if we, you know, if we don't deal him or whatever happens, if he can figure stuff out, why isn't like the, the upside for this team is next level. Um, and just add in, uh, obviously not this year, but next year when Clay comes back, um, you know, we'll be here one year later talking about how, uh, we're about to be winning another championship. So, um, it will be uh it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited to see uh how this the rest of the season plays out. But uh, a lot a lot of potential and a lot of upside. Yeah, I totally agree with the idea though that uh all the fun aside also Gotham, I love that enthusiasm man. I, for anybody listening, I, I don't think you guys realize if you're on the on a Zoom call with Gotham and you see him talking about the Warriors, you know, overthrowing a overthrowing in like a regime, you think they can do it. Uh exactly. But no, genuinely though, uh, I don't think any team wants to play Golden State, especially, you know, if you had a healthy clay, not healthy clay, I mean, obviously healthy clay as well, but uh, if they have a healthy Draymond or a healthy staff or both, uh, that's not an easy, not an easy out, no matter, no matter who it is. Um, that's really important to note, especially just given, I don't, I don't think um, any team this year besides the Lakers in the West has the poise or defensive ability Um to really, you know, strike the fear of God in the Warriors. So I do think, you know, depending on how things shake out, uh, something crazy could happen. 
Uh, I like, I like the four seed idea. Um, I think that'd be, that'd be awesome. It'd be crazy. It would take a, it would take an easy schedule what they have, which they have though. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and take a weird year, which this is. So I mean, that's a good point. Um, unless you guys, uh, speaking of, you know, just ceilings though, I think part of what dictates a ceiling is your personnel, right? There's been a lot of rumors thus far about player personnel, uh, and possible trade rumors with, uh, any number of guys in golden state. So, uh, unless you have any more thoughts, you guys want to hop in that. Let me know some of your thoughts and some uh, potential roster moves you guys want to see, don't want to see, and some of these rumors we're seeing. Uh, Charlie, what do you think? I think uh, one more thing just to wrap up on our, like, yes or no on is this a team that can make the Western Conference Finals. The one scenario that I've kind of painted in my head where it happens is, you know, I, I do agree with the easy schedule. I think that will really help us out a lot. But I think as these other teams get back to full strength, it'll be a lot less easy than it looks right now. And say we fall into that six, seven range. I feel pretty comfortable that the Lakers will still be the one seed. I don't think the jazz really have enough to compete with them or with Denver LA down the stretch, to be honest. And I feel pretty comfortable with them as the four you sandwich LA and Denver in the middle there. And if we play one of them in the first round, and if we play the other one in the second, that would be the dream scenario. That's the kind because of thing. Because I think we've seen – Gotham would put, put $100. Yeah, I'm so. in town there to win like 1000 bro. I mean, that's my fun <laughs> there right there. Start yeah, you get, those, you get those Kevin Malone odds. You know, you got to take I'm it. Saying, bro, you got to uh, take them. Shoot a shoot. Shoot a shoot. Um, yeah, you know, I think like we saw it with L.A. last year, and we've seen it with them already in this season, like for whatever reason, the mental – fortitude of that team is just absent sometimes even if they're just unbelievably talented and then i think when you look at denver you know they also are just i I would say head and shoulders above the warriors right now without clay in terms of talent but i think you know when you have veteran guys like steph and draymond who like you said have just made a habit of not losing playoff series coming against a bunch of young guys um, I think that's the kind of situation where the Warriors could really come out and put a scare in that team. So that would be my dream scenario that everything breaks right, Western Conference appearance, Will yeah. LeBron versus Steph. It's, it's almost. Go ahead, No, I was just that'd be a dream. LeBron, Steph, Western Conference finals. We just kind of send LeBron home one more time. Awesome. Yeah, it'd have a lot of uh, it'd have a lot of vibes. It'd be all kinds of callbacks to the Warriors beating Denver in a uh, 2013, 20, yeah, 2013. Uh, it'd be a lot of callbacks to that. I think on the note of uh, like Charlie said, falling to a six and seven seed spot uh, is almost more ideal because that is the scenario in which you dodge LA. Um, yeah. I actually wrote a full article on that, guys. Check it out. Why the Warriors should be the sixth seed? Uh, Dubs lead. Check it out. Okay. They also, in that case, more likely to not keep their first round pick. That's top 20 protected, just saying on that note as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a good point, Charlie. I think Denver might be a, just because uh, they're obviously, you know, peak, peak offensive team, but defensively they're hellacious. You know, they give up, give up they, they're, they're, they're bad. You know what I mean? They're real bad on defense. So that'd be a, a possible, possible, probably the, the one series where I'd probably feel like I feel okay about this one uh, out of those top four or five teams. Um, but yeah, do you guys want to hop into uh, possible offseason moves right now yeah. that have been yeah, brought up? Yeah. Um, Let's do it. Can I can I take the first first crack? Um, Fire away, dude. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so I was uh, very very uh, you know surprised, but also not surprised to see that Ubre uh, trade rumor with um, 
for Lonzo and JJ Redick, I think, or Josh Hart, somebody. Um, I think that's, I think we got to make that move, man. Um, we're, we're at the, we're reaching the point where, you know, Ubre, as great as he is defensively, his offensive game is losing his games. A lot of that was seen last night. Um, just missing shots, um, turning the ball over. Um, and that's the one thing you're going to knock out with Lonzo. Um, Lonzo is someone that, um, great height for a point guard, um, six, 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 seven, nice frame, um, solid de- uh, defender as well. Um, and he's improved his shooting ability. Um, this season is, he's playing Stan Van Gundy's offense, which has always been bad for shooters. Um, JJ Redick in Orlando, kind of same deal. Um, Alonzo is one of those guys where if he's open, he's going to hit. Um, he's consistently gotten better. And I just think his basketball IQ is something you can't, uh, you can't teach. Uh, it's just a skill you have. Um, so I've been a big fan of the ball brothers since they were in high school. Um, so I've, I've always followed them and, um, I've always loved their game. So I think so. And especially someone like Lonzo, who is a pass first guy, he's looking for open guys, he's looking for, to make the, to make the right pass, make the right read. Um, in Steve Kerr's offense, that's exactly what you need. Um, you hear Kerr say it all the time, you know, uh, if you don't like, see what you like, just move the ball and moving the ball is Lonzo's like bread and butter. Um, so having somebody like Lonzo next to Steph, um, Damian Lee, Mulder, guys, shoot our shooters and then throwing Wiseman with the pick and roll with Alonzo, uh, I think the, the upside there is tremendous. Um, I think the, the only downside you see is Ubre's defensive ability, but Alonzo's a good enough defender at this point in his career where, um, I think that's the drop off's not going to be as big as people think. So, um, we've given Uber, I think 20 games is a very, very solid sample size. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for Uber just cause, um, you know, he came in here. We obviously, um, guy who's kind of been uh, moving around the league, found his footing in Phoenix, but got traded, um, to us. Um, so I feel bad just cause of how, how the season, um, has played out for him. Um, obviously he had a great game against Minnesota, um, kind of shut up the haters, which was nice to see, but. Um, if we are to make that move, I think somebody like Lonzo Ball, and then you throw in JJ Redick, who's a, another shooter, and obviously with the team with Steph Curry, as many shooters as you can get is is amazing. So I think that would be a perfect package. Uh, I think it's a move that if we haven't made, if we haven't talked about it yet, the front office, I think it's something that definitely need to consider because um, just the upside for this team, and then throwing when Clay comes back next year, um, we're not just building for this year, we're building for like the the the, the latter half of this dynasty. So. Um, I think uh, long-term also, I think it's going to be great. Uh, gives us a solid uh, backup point guard that we don't have right now. I don't think Wanamaker is the answer. Um, so I, I'm all for this move. Um, love Kelly Oubre, but sorry, man. Uh, give me that Give me that big ball of Brent. So, um, Gotham, I, Gotham's all in on the on the Oubre for Lonzo move. I'm big. Uh, big. I, think, I think I'm feeling a similar kind of way. Uh, I think money-wise, I don't think uh, Reddick's in the cards. I couldn't be Reddick and Lonzo would have to be one or the other, basically. But uh, curious to know your thoughts there, Charlie. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, I would say just in terms of how this rumor came about, I mean, I think what they've said pretty explicitly is that they got a call about Kelly. There were no, like, players discussed. So the players discussed are, you know, pretty much speculation, but – pretty safe to assume that Lonzo and Reddick are the guys on the block. Um, I would be curious too how the Warriors view the value of Ubre's defense and whether or not they'd be willing to bring in a guy like Reddick straight up just to compensate for that shooting problem. Um, I would be pretty comfortable with a Lonzo Josh Hart deal. I think both guys are headed into restricted free agency. And I think you could pretty comfortably 
negotiate a contract with Lonzo that fits into this team long-term. And the best thing I like about him, not only, you know, the youth, the defense, the passing, but I think having him as that third guard on the bench, he would play so well next to Steph and Clay when both those guys need to stagger minutes. And I think that would be a really helpful thing because he's a willing shooter, even though he's not the best shooter and he does a great job at spacing the floor. And he's, in my opinion, a top 10, 15 passer in the NBA already just off pure talent. And even if that offense isn't totally maximizing his looks, I think that combination with the defense, I think he'd be an incredible fit for this team. Uh, One other move that I've been sort of thinking about just in that Kelly range, if he were to be the guy going out is I would love to see them make call to the Cavs and take a look at what it uh, would take to get Larry Nance on the team because having that dude's hustle on a team that already has Draymond already has Wiggins already has all these young guys. I think what he could teach them is incredible. I think he's averaging something like four and a half or five passes deflected a game and like an absurd amount of steals. I mean, the dude is just hustle embodied. And I think he gives them a good look as an explosive guy above the rim who can play a little bit of center and give them some looks down low. Hopefully, shore up that position and I wouldn't say take minutes from Eric Pascal, but I think what they've shown is they can fit an aggressive, strong, small ball center into this system. And so having him to supplement Pascal would be a huge part for this team, but I'm not sure if the Cavs are willing to separate with a guy like that. Cause he seems to be such an important part of what they're doing right now. And they might damn near make the playoffs in the East. So who knows? Yeah, first of all, Cleveland's kind of rocking, man. That's a good point, Charlie. Uh, they're rolling. Uh, spanked the Nets twice last week. I think that was awesome. So that, I love the idea. I love the idea of uh, Lonzo in Golden State um, for Ubre, especially if, if you can find a way to pull that deal off without giving up any first round picks. Uh, either obviously the five or six guys in the roster that are untouchable, you just do it. You know, there's kind of there's three types there's really three molds right or three guys that fit this mold of non-shooter uh good athlete you know potentially solid defender that come to mind uh two of those guys are Alonzo Ball and Andre Iguodala and the third guy is Kelly Oubre uh the difference between the between the first two and Oubre is uh smart Charlie you hit it man those two guys uh Iguodala and I mentioned him obviously because of his time in Golden State uh Golden State misses that right now they miss those brains and Alonzo uh comes in all of a sudden you know He's not hitting threes at a high clip. He's not going to do that most likely, but he'll hit it some every now and then. But having a fifth or fourth or even third smart basketball player in this team would be huge. Uh, and I think it would do uh, absolute wonders for Golden State. And uh, I was telling Charlie this the other night. It's, it's like uh, Lonzo is almost like Draymond Insurance in a way. You know, he's a good rebounding guard. He's six six. He can guard a few positions. Uh, he's making those smart plays on a night where Draymond's necessarily not, I'm not there defensively or he's feeling winded. I feel okay, you know, throwing Pascal out there in Draymond's place and maybe throwing Lonzo out there instead of, uh, what would be Ubre normally. Um, that's an awesome move. If they can pull that off, I feel like it is a no brainer. Um, Nance, man, that'd be sweet. Uh, that's a guy who's, who's grabbing you boards. He's making hustle plays. I don't, is he shooting three this year? Can you tell me, Charlie? Uh, I can take a look on that real quick. Okay. Yeah, he's just 
He'd be a dream, man. Uh, gives you a bouncy option and pick and roll. Uh, and kind of an Uber and not an Uber is in Looney's place. Uh, also just another really smart basketball player and a guy you'd feel very comfortable with. Uh, if he's your five, you know, he's doesn't know that system yet, obviously, but if they could get their hands on a guy like Nance, uh, and have him in a starting lineup, you know, in Looney's place, that would be, a that'd be almost ideal. Charlie's shaking his head. So I'm starting to get the feeling he's not shooting threes this year. <laughs> Uh, no, actually he's shooting four a game and he's hitting 42% of them. Ooh, so yeah. I'm up, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On that note, uh, really, I think he's, wow. uh, I don't think he'll be a warrior on that note, man. <laughs> <laughs> now that's, that's a pipe dream, but that, you know, that's, I think, uh, I think the thing that kind of interests me is using Ubre as a means to sort of shore up that front court depth. You know, Nance would be a dream scenario, but I think there's a lot of other guys they could make it work for. Um, I would be in too to see, you know, if they were to move him for some help elsewhere or if they were to move him for Lonzo, you know, I think that leaves a pretty decently sized gap on the wing. And do you feel like, uh, do you feel like Lonzo though, if you throw him on the team shooting guard and have Wiggins start guarding the bigger wing, uh, which is kind of the reverse of what they've been doing, is that something you're comfortable with Charlie and Gotham? Yeah, I would be I would be comfortable with him. I mean, he's shown he can guard pretty much one to three. Lonzo can, and Wiggins is definitely stepping up his defense. I think we're you know he can be that sort of default number one options on those scoring wings right now. But the thing that would worry me too is you know like I think we've we've seen from Damian Lee he's capable. We've seen from Baysmore he's still capable. We've seen from Mulder in flashes, but the only thing I would worry about is having that energy and sort of the size and strength that Ubre would bring on defense. And one guy who frankly, I don't know how he's not on a roster right now that I would love to see us bring in is Travion Graham. Uh, we had him for all of like two days in the D'Angelo Russell trade before we had to cut him, uh, which sucked because I wanted him on the team so badly, but like he's one of those guys where he's not going to wow you shooting from threes, but as a really strong like defensive bit player who gets it done on the glass, really gets it done on defense and can at least offer a little bit of an interior scoring presence. I think if you were to see Ubre move for a guy that helps them at the point guard position or at the center position, he'd be that perfect guy who can come in, you know, soak up some of those minutes, provide a little depth, not as a starter or anything, but you know, as we comfortably can move guys up the ladder into taking Kelly's minutes, I think you'd be a great addition to the end of the bench through the DPE. Yeah, that's a nice thought, Charlie. Um, that's good thinking. Uh, Gotham, anything else you want to add on the Lonzo front or uh, uh, Nance front? Uh, yeah, Nance, like you said, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, that'd be sick. Um, I just think Cleveland's got kind of in a win now, not win now mode, but they've got a solid team. Um, I watched some of their games as well. Um, Sexton, Garland, Coro, Nance. Um, they've got a good team, man. So I, I don't see Cleveland being sellers um, right now, at least, especially as they make the playoffs. But Lonzo, um, you kind of said it. I like, I like how you brought up Iguodala because it was him and Livingston were the two guys I kind of saw Lonzo's like mold that would fit for us. Um, just being a guard that um, six six, um, a pretty decent athlete, um, can really jump and uh, defend, dunk and stuff. Um, yeah, I think overall, I think if we can find a way to make that work, if we can throw in Josh Hart in there, somebody who can shoot the open three, he'll get open, solid defender as well. Um, I think it'd be more than um, enough to make up for Ubre um, and what we're able to, at least what we've been, what we've been able to get out of him so far. 
Um, I just think, I think Lonzo would just be a perfect fit in Steve Kerr's offense. And I just think his IQ and just his ability to pass the ball, um, that's something that's the biggest thing for Uber that we're not seeing. Um, I think it was a stat where he had like 21 made threes, 24 something else, and 28 uh, turnovers. 20, um, 21 like threes, that. 28 turnovers, and 20, I think 21 assists. And then, well, seven, like, three. Just and, yeah, yeah, and then more, more turnovers and assists and threes. And uh, in a team that or that runs a motion offense, you just can't have a dude that just clogs it up um, every time and turns the ball over. So um, you're going to need, uh, I think, just somebody like Lonzo, given his skill set and just um, the way he's been used in New Orleans right now, I think for him as well, um, we've seen the Warriors, you know, bring out the best in people, um, kind of revitalize Livingston's career. Um, not necessarily with the dollars per se, but um, just still kind of gave him that second, that second prime, I guess. Um, so I think so, uh, Lonzo is young. Um, like you said, re- uh, entering restricted free agency. So um, if we can lock him up long-term uh, as well, I think he'd be perfect for the team going forward as well. So hopefully we make that happen. Yeah, I think we all agree it's a nice move. They pulled off somehow. Um, long-term, who knows? I mean, they, it'll depend on what the draft looks like for them next year, I think. Uh, right. a, guy like, a guy like Jalen Suggs is available. It's a no-go, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, just a, like you said, yeah, we all kind of hit it and all agree at least the Lonzo front. Uh, they can swing Josh Hart in that too. Another smart basketball player, you know, awesome. uh, a guy Kerr would like a lot. And any anything the Warriors give up, that's an addition to Ubre at the end of their bench, whether it's Poole, Wanamaker, uh, Muller even, you know, um, Smiley, uh, you, you make that move. Um, there's a bigger elephant in the room, guys. There's been a talk, a lot of talk recently about uh, Bradley Beal um, looking really, really unhappy in uh in washington it's gonna get brought up all year uh golden state's gonna get brought up all year as a potential destination um you know in in theory it would definitely take uh wiseman and that minnesota pick um is that a make is that a move you make uh guys and uh if so why if not why not what do you think uh, I, I wouldn't make it. I just think you'd give up too much. Um, a lot, the trade would need to be like Ubre and Wiseman plus, you know, like a pool or something else. And, uh, we already have the best shooting guard in the world. Um, he's just kind of rehabbing right now. So I don't think we need to sacrifice so much of the future to get Bradley Bill. Granted, Bill's a great player. Um, I think he'd help us out a lot this year, but, uh, I don't think it's, um, it'd just be like a Pennywise pound foolish kind of move where, you're just taking off too much, um, trying to win it all right now in a season that we're not necessarily going to be a championship contender. So I don't think it's worth it. Um, I, I do think he needs to get out of Washington. Um, you see in the poor guy's face, uh, the kid, yeah, dude needs to get out of there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, um, the Warriors is the right destination for him. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think, Having Clay back, you know, even if there is some concern, at least within the organization of, you know, oh, he's at risk for re-injury or, you know, we may have to lighten his load a little bit in the seasons going forward to keep him healthy. I think mortgaging the future, which is what you would have to do to get a guy like Beal for basically this season and, you know, to share time or to move clay to the three i mean frankly i don't even know how you fit him into the roster and you know i agree with you completely like the guy is in a horrible situation he's giving an unbelievable performance like every night offensively and although the defense leaves plenty to be desired i think you know he's he's such a stud but the fit just doesn't make any sense honestly 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's worth, I mean, why isn't it in himself would probably be enough. I mean, that's a headliner in a package, you know what I mean? And the fact that the deal is always described as uh Wiseman in that pick, uh, it just, it's too much to give up for a guy. Uh, Grant, like, like Beal, that's not to say Beal isn't a, isn't a superstar. I think he is. I think he's one of the best 15 players in the league. Charlie does not feel the same way as I know, but that's all right. Um, no, that's too much. And the fit's not there. Uh, like you said, I, I do think that Clay's long-term uh, position probably is small forward, especially coming off the injury. Uh, I think it'll be helpful for him to move on, move on to a little bigger and slower guys, um, ideally. And I also think, you know, giving up in that move, you, you, have, you have four guys in Steph, Wiggins, Beal, and Clay left over, all four of whom are on max contracts, all four of whom are uh, starting wings, you know, you're not paying for guys like that. I don't think, I think they do view Wiggins at least right now as a long-term prospect for this team. He's somebody who's 25 years old right now. Uh, someone who can grow with this team if, in the next generation too. Uh, if they keep Wiseman, if they keep this pick um, and he protects Steph, you know, and that's kind of one of the biggest things you can do right now, especially as Steph gets older uh, is have wings to uh, surround him who can play defense, you know, and Beal is not going to be that guy. He's also not, um, if, if the ball is not in Steph's hands, uh, I want Kevin Durant's hands. You know what I mean? If the ball is not, if Steph's not running the offense, I want Kevin Durant running the offense. And that's what this team has had before. Uh, I think they don't, it's not a move that would uh, vault them into contention next year. I don't think, I think uh, it would deplete them in a way that uh, would probably take them out, to be honest. You know, ideally next year, Wiseman's this, uh, you know, multifaceted rim protector, right? He's a guy who kind of anchors your defense as Draymond slows down. Uh, I think it's totally reasonable to expect. Uh, Wiggins, again, can't say enough. The defense and three-point shooting, that keeps up. You don't get rid of that guy, at least not for uh, – not to uh, not as part of a package for – that depletes your depth elsewhere. Um, Clay is Clay. Clay's not going anywhere. I think this, this ownership group is committed to their guys. Um, and their depth next year, man, it looks sweet. They got a potential, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth pick uh, from a sweet draft. They have Wiseman, EP, and all of a sudden you've got no. Whereas this year they have six guys who are real rotation guys or seven guys. Next year they have eight, nine, ten possibly. You know, and I don't think uh, Charlie Charlie's going to keep saying that. I don't think giving that up for a guy who can't play defense, and that's not to say or mitigate what Beal can do, which is incredible. Uh, it's not worth it. So, I'm glad we all agreed in that front, boys. That's a big one. Uh, I don't think people realize that maybe uh, Golden State doesn't want to do this deal, um, at least not with giving up two major, major assets that have as much potential as people describe this pick being at uh, being and Wiseman having. You know, uh, any more thoughts there, guys? Yeah, I think dead horse. Yeah, just, just one more thing. Gee, sorry. Uh, I think you know, like you nailed it too with that young core going forward, like. Having EP, Wiseman, having that Minnesota pick, having all these young guys that I feel like can contribute pretty well, and having what you're getting out of Wiggins, you know, when you're looking to transition past the big three we have, that's a hell of a start. And it would take a much better and I think much younger player for them to have to consider mortgaging that future. Because to them, I think that's equally as important as any sort of deal they can make is holding on to those guys and developing them. Yeah. It just, it just feels very like Spurs esque their path going forward in that. Again, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think Steph's going to age really well. He already, he's 33 now. He looks, he looks as good as ever. You know, he's turning 33 in a month or so actually, you know, Clay's 30, Draymond's 30. Those guys, you know, Draymond 
to be determined. But Clay, I think uh, if Achilles injuries are what they look like right now, based on John Wall and KD, uh, Clay looks like he could be an effective player for a long time just based on his skill set. And so the transition, this team is going to be uh, a playoff team, at least for a while, right? And if Wiseman uh, develops in the way that this generally pessimistic coaching staffs expects, staff expects him to by the end of the year, by the end of next year, they clearly think they can compete with Steph and Wiseman on the same timeline. And I think if that's how you feel, uh, again, you just can't, you can't trade the potential of what they have for uh, another shooting guard, you know? 100%. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just kind of nailed that. That was perfect. Cool, cool. All right, guys, I think, uh, I think Game 6 Clay Episode 4 is coming to a close. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, people said uh, Dubsley, Game 6 Clay Pod on Twitter. Uh, Gotham, Charlie, anything to plug before we go? Uh, check out Fan Allegiance, man. Uh, we should, uh, stay getting, uh, stay plugging that. Getting some new designers. Hopefully get some new merch, some Game 6 Clay stuff. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, follow us on social media. Thanks for listening. Charlie, yeah, uh, yeah, check me out at ClayTS11 on Twitter. Uh, also doing a little work with the Borgen Project in my spare time. Pretty cool uh, advocacy group doing a lot of work for fighting global poverty abroad. So check out the yeah. website, borgenproject.org. You know, drop a little donation if you're feeling like it. Go crazy. Hell yeah. Okay. Hey, we'll catch us guys uh, in between uh, now the next nine games. We're going to do that podcast every nine games, kind of see where the team's at um, for a benchmark. We'll, we'll be uh, back in between then for sure. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, one more time, shout out to Anchor for uh, the sponsorship. We're stoked. It's awesome. Uh, I think we're going to close it up, guys. Thanks for listening. Yes, sir. Catch you guys soon. Go Dubs. See you. See you. Thanks, guys.